0: Welcome to the Spiritual Advantage Podcast, where we discuss how to make a maximum impact with our lives by fulfilling our divine dreams with divine favor, like the great men and women of faith throughout history. I'm Sam Stone, The Light Keeper. You are the light of the world, and I am the keeper. No pun intended. Let's begin. There's a cute childhood fable that most of us might still remember. It's very simple, but it can be very profound if you know how to interpret it. A rabbit is sleeping under a tree, and suddenly he hears a loud noise. It is so loud that he thinks the sky has fallen. So he starts running. On the way, he meets a deer and tells her, The sky is falling. Run! The deer becomes anxious and runs with him. They meet a tiger on the way and tell him, The sky is falling, run! So the tiger starts running with them. Then they meet elephants, wolves, cows, and soon animals from the entire forest are running. Suddenly they see a lion standing facing them who stops them from running. Tell me what's going on, the lion asks. We must run because the sky is falling. Who says the sky is falling, the lion asks. Everyone, the anxiety is rising because they are running out of patience. Everyone, the lion tracks it down and discovers it is the rabbit that started this. Show me, the lion asks the rabbit to take them back to where they started. No one wants to go back because they are supposed to be on the run before the sky falls on them. However, in reverence to the king of the forest, they walked back. When they arrive at where the rabbit slept, they discover it is under a coconut tree. After some forensic observation, the lion concludes that a big coconut fell from the tree and landed on dry leaves, which made a loud noise. For a timid rabbit, it sounded like a skyfall. Have you ever heard this fable before? I think it depicts the reality of this world everyone is anxious to some degree, emotionally running around like crazy, especially after a prolonged pandemic and a threat of global war. The lion represents equanimity, the opposite of anxiety. Equanimity is similar to serenity, but serenity just means calm and peaceful. But equanimity means level-headed, The first part of the word gives us the clue, equa, means equal. So equanimity means balance, level-headed, and sober-minded. Dr. Edwin Freeman called it non-anxious presence. It's a quality of leadership. If you want to live happily in this anxious world, you must develop equanimity. Equanimity does not just allow you to resist the contagious anxiety of society, but also enables you to influence others, just like the lions, non-anxious presence that dissolves the anxiety of the forest. In other words, equanimity gives you internal peace and external leadership. Today, we'll look at an example of equanimity from Jesus Christ and learn how to attain it. This is a very important message for times like this. So let's begin. Hi, in case we haven't met yet, I'm Sam Stone, the light keeper. You are the light of the world and I'm the keeper, no pun intended. It's my calling to help you shine your brightest so that God is glorified in you and you are satisfied in God. Today is the second Sunday in Lent. The scripture lesson is from the Gospel according to Luke chapter 13, verses 31 to 35. Listen to the word of the Lord. At that very hour, Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I'm casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on the way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Luke 13, 31 to 35. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This passage describes the anxiety of Jesus' time. Like the anxious animals in the story, the Pharisees came to cast their anxiety to Jesus. The sky is falling, run. Herod wants to kill you. Get out of here. It was unfortunate that the religious leaders were part of the anxious society. We don't know the motives of the Pharisees. Most parts of the gospel depict them as those hostile to Jesus. There seems to be a group of Pharisees that favor Jesus secretly, like Nicodemus. However, most Pharisees disagree with Jesus and found his popularity annoying. So asking Jesus to leave their region Using Herod as an excuse serves their own interest also. In any case, you can imagine the atmosphere of anxiety. Herod was anxious because he thought Jesus was the reincarnation of John the Baptist that he had murdered. The Pharisees were anxious because if Herod killed Jesus, his followers might become uncontrollable. Nothing has changed since then. Our society today is as anxious, if not more. As Christians, we must learn to observe the anxiety of today's society. We need to be aware of it and not become part of it. Jesus said that we are in the world, but not of the world. That means we are sanctified from the anxiety of the society we live in. We must also observe ourselves to see if we are part of the anxious world. It's okay if we discover we are part of it, then we can pray and repent and let God sanctify us to rise above the anxious society. What's more dangerous is that we don't even know that we are playing a part in the world's anxiety and making it worse just like the Pharisees. After the prolonged pandemic, our society has become even more anxious. Now, like Harold, pudding is adding more fuel to the world's anxiety. The media also makes money on selling anxiety. If you learn how to see it, anxiety has been an emotional pandemic since the beginning of time. Why will Adam and Eve hide in the bushes? It was a sign of anxiety. Out of anxiety, Adam blamed Eve, and Eve blamed the snake. And the snake had no leg to stand on. Then Adam and Eve's son Cain killed his brother Abel out of anxiety and became the first murderer in history. Human history is a history of anxiety. You can say sin is manifested in anxiety. If you become part of the anxiety network of this world, you cannot be happy but live in a fog of confusion, running like the animals in the story. If not, you can live happily and become a leader like the lion, like Jesus. To set you apart from the anxiety of the world, you need equanimity. When the Pharisees passed the anxiety to Jesus, he did not catch it. Instead, he kept his equanimity and saw through the source of anxiety. He said to them, go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I'm casting out demons and performing cures today, tomorrow, and on the third day, I finish my work. Luke 13:32. Jesus called Herod a fox a cunning creature of anxiety. Foxes are the embodiment of fear. Like the rabbit in the story, Herod believed the sky was falling and governed his kingdom with anxiety. But like the lion, Jesus stood calmly with equanimity and non-anxious presence. He had no fear of the sky falling because he was level-headed. He said he will continue his work, as usual, to cast out the demons of anxiety and cure the sick. His equanimity has a healing presence. When you have equanimity, you also become a healing presence of your environment. Of course, you cannot influence everyone. Even so, at least you have peace and happiness within you and love for others. Then Jesus talked about those who he could not influence. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hand gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. Verse 34. Jesus knew he was heading to the place where he would be killed, but he still had compassion for the people there. Equanimity produces peace within and love without. Now let's talk about how you can attain equanimity. It's a result of mindful fasting. Since we are in the season of Lent, We should focus our minds on fasting and learn the benefits of fasting. Einstein said, few people are capable of expressing with equanimity opinions which differ from the prejudices of their social environment. That means few people have attained equanimity because it's not easy. Research studies have shown that fasting helps you attain that state. As mentioned, equanimity is the opposite of anxiety, and anxiety is the manifestation of fear. So we must overcome fear to rise above anxiety. Jesus' 40 days of fasting and the temptations he went through reveals the three major fears that we must overcome as human beings. So today, we'll look at his 40 days of fasting from the opposite perspective. Jesus' 40 days of fasting is like a multifaceted diamond that gives us many dimensions of the beauty of fasting. Last week, we talked about Jesus overcame three temptations through fasting. Today, we will look at the three human fears Jesus overcame through fasting. It's the same concept, but we can look at it from another dimension. The first one is the fear of death. One of the greatest fear in life is death. Even though we live in a fallen world full of suffering, we still want to cling onto this life because we are unsure of what's on the other side. In general, we fear the unknown, and death signifies the unknown future. As mentioned last week, biologically by 40 days, Jesus ran out of fat to burn, and his body sent a signal for him to eat because the only thing left to burn is protein, his muscles. It's dangerous to deplete muscles, so his body reacts vehemently. And the Bible says Jesus was famished. The body sends out a signal of imminent danger of death. It was at this time the tempter came and tested him to see if he had fear of death. By asking him to use his power to turn the stones into the loaves of bread, Jesus refused and proved that he had no fear of death. In fact, Jesus came on earth to offer you eternal life so that you don't have to fear death either. He said... I'm the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? John 11:25 25 to 26. Do you believe this? I know it's difficult to believe something so unscientific or so nebulous. But fasting can enlighten you about eternal life and help you overcome the fear of death. Only when you take care of your death, you can live your life to the fullest and fulfill your life purpose. The second greatest fear in life is the fear of being unloved or rejection. It means we fear rejections and crave attention. Do you know that a baby dies if no one touches or hugs them between the moment they are born to the age of five. In the same way, we crave love and attention. Some people desire fame and popularity because they want to be loved by many people. There are many things we fail to do because we fear rejection. We are commissioned to share the good news, but we fear rejection and we are reluctant to fulfill the great commission. Instead, we try to please people by doing other things that are easy and that draw attention. Jesus has a divine dream to fulfill in a hostile and anxious world. If he feared rejection, he would not be able to achieve his father's assignment, and we would never have the salvation. The tempter put him on the pinnacle of the temple and asked him to jump, to test his fear of rejection. The temple is the most crowded place. He could test his father's love by jumping down to see if his father really loves him to send the angels to embrace him. However, Jesus proved himself to fear no rejection because he trusted that God loves him and he had no reason to test his father's love. And he said, again, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Matthew 4, 17. He came on earth to give you the same assurance of God's love and cast out your fear of rejection. He said famously, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. John three 16. Don't fear rejection. Even if the whole world rejects you, God accepts you. The discipline of fasting restores the assurance of God's love and dissolves your conscious or unconscious anxiety in life. The third greatest fear is the fear of poverty. Who doesn't fear poverty? From the moment we go to school, we are being prepared to escape poverty by education. Fear of poverty can make us break the law and ethics. Most importantly, the fear of poverty makes us live with anxiety. That anxiety could radiate to others and become contagious. Fear of poverty can make us greedy and worship the false gods that promise us false wealth. The result is you miss the kingdom of God, which is true prosperity. When the tempter tempted Jesus about his fear of poverty by offering him the wealth of the entire world, he refused it and said, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Matthew 4.10 Fasting allows you to discern true wealth and false wealth. It brings you to the presence of God and sees what God has in store for you. Jesus said and do not keep striving for what you are to eat and what you are to drink and do not keep worrying for it is the nations of the world that strive after all these things and your father knows that you need them instead strive for his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well Luke 12 29 to 31. That's true wealth that will last for eternity. As human beings, we drift with the world's anxiety if we don't maintain our non-anxious spirit. Fasting is the best tool to reset our minds from anxiety to equanimity. Again, your equanimity will not only benefit your personal well-being, but also gives you the influence to lead this anxious world to peace. It makes your life matter and meaningful. So let us fast to overcome three main fears of life that makes us anxious. The fear of death, the fear of rejection, the fear of poverty. We will see our lives more robust and make a difference with our equanimity in this anxious world. That's it for today. I hope you find this message illuminating as much as I enjoy receiving it from the head office. Until we meet again, keep your light shining brighter and broader and harvest the fruit of profound happiness. Amen. Bye now. Thank you for listening. If you would like to maximize your life and leadership by unlocking your spiritual advantage, Please feel free to direct message me on Twitter at Samuel Stone or visit SamuelStone.com. I'm looking forward to talking with you. See you on the next episode. Bye now.